Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond. Welcome to Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Uh, this is a Day Brigade podcast. My name is Matthew Bunch. I'm a member of the Day Brigade, and I am honored and overjoyed to be joined by two fellow members of the Brigade. Uh, first off, we have the Vice President of the Day Brigade, Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing today? What's up, everybody? Living large off three points. I know. It's a good day to get started. Always good to start with a win. Uh, and I'm also joined by fellow member Omar Mubayed. Omar, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Piggyback those three points, man. Got to keep them coming. That's what we need to do. I think so. We will uh, We will definitely dive into that game uh, momentarily because there is a lot to talk about. Um, but we do want to start with kind of some breaking news. Uh, Miami FC has uh, grown a bit of a reputation around the world of NASL for uh, acquisitions, especially in the last couple weeks. And it appears that the team may be looking into another midfielder. Diego, the Brazilian international, is rumored to be looking to a move back to this side of the world. Um, the 31-year-old is currently a Fenerbahce in Turkey, um, but apparently he's more interested in getting back to North and possibly South America, uh, maybe moving back to Brazil, but also possibly considering Miami FC. Uh, so, guys, what do you think about this? Omar, what do you think about the acquisition in the midfield? Uh, you know what? We've acquired a lot of midfielders as of late, and I guess the main question uh, from a supporter side you might want to look at is, do we need another midfielder? We've just picked up Johnny Steele within the last week. Obviously, the record signing between um, ourselves and Richie Ryan and then picking up Lahoud and Poku as well, playing as a number 10. Um, it kind of makes you wonder if we need another midfielder, per se, when defense, that back four, seems to be the biggest problems that we have on this team. Um, but again, you know what? This is the guy with a lot of experience. He has played at many clubs around the world and many great clubs around the world. Juventus, Wolfsburg, and the Bundesliga, Atletico as well. Um, you know, I kind of want juice thoughts. I don't know what we do with an extra midfielder here. Yeah, it seems like we're stacking up a midfielder per game. I thought it was a pretty interesting article ESPN FC wrote, though, that they were actually going to waive the transfer fee, so I guess he's up for grabs. Um, I guess on the plus side, it would be nice to have another Brazilian player. It could be an attendance draw, but uh, we've seen that in the past where you know people want to come out for just one game, get their autographs from them, and disappear, so... I don't think he'll be a big uh, fan impact, and it seems like we're stacking up on midfielders. But, I mean, if we can get them for the prices right, maybe we can ship some more people around. But we're definitely uh, midfield heavy right now. Yeah, I do wonder if this is kind of a, an, an approach of, uh, you know, steadily, bit by bit, improving the quality of the team. One man in better than uh, one man you uh, you might be moving out. Um, it, it's interesting, and we've seen that Miami FC certainly have no hesitancy to splash the cash, and especially, Drew, as you said, if they can get a, a player for the right price, that's probably something that uh, the front office would be interested uh, in pursuing. Uh, you know, we are in that dreaded transfer stage of the European uh, soccer world, so who knows what's, uh, what's true and what's false, um, what's an agent maybe putting something out to get better terms on something, and maybe Fenerbahce is calling bluff here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to see, uh, as you guys have said, where there have been so many complaints maybe about other parts of, uh, the team and how they're functioning that, uh, seems all the resources are going into the midfield. Um, so yeah, I guess we will, we will see how that plays out. Uh, but let's leave transfer rumors and, 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 and moves about that, uh, 
for now, and let's talk about the real big news, which is, of course, Miami FC picking up three big points against the Jacksonville Armada Saturday night. How about that game, fellas? Oh, that was great. I mean, it, it was kind of shaky. I had a, you know, the, the red card initially kind of made me confident. There were some scoring opportunities throughout the game, but to, to come away with the win, especially at home, it's a rare occurrence for Miami FC, so hopefully they can move forward off off this opportunity and keep going. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned that specifically about the red card because I know we were chatting about this uh, a couple days ago after the game, and uh, it, it's one of those things where a red card it's really good, obviously, duh, but. If you can't make it pay, especially a first-half red card, if you don't score by halftime, all of a sudden the stakes get ratcheted up all that more because you have that feeling of, oh, no, we're going to blow the opportunity. And, and, and uh, you know, we have seen from this team, love them though we do, uh, sometimes they get opportunities and then all of a sudden it blows away from you like dust in the wind. Uh, so uh, there was definitely a lot of tension. Omar, how would you uh, process the game Saturday night? Yeah, absolutely. So, again, you know, just to piggyback, 11-minute red card to Navarro from the Armada, and it seemed, you know, yeah, it seemed like a reckless challenge, to say the least, right? Um, but yeah, absolutely. Let's say as we the game continues, look, you know, we've seen it time and time again in different competitions around the world. If a team can't capitalize on a red card right away, it becomes really hard to score. Why? Eventually, that other team, your opponent, is going to play for that one point. They're going to throw all nine guys in the box. They're going to park the bus, and they're going to stifle, like what we saw on Saturday night, they're going to really stifle uh, the different passing lanes, and they're not going to be able to get balls in uh, pretty clearly or, or, or easily, for lack of better words. Um, and, you know, we saw it in the World Cup. We saw Iran play 10 guys back, basically, against Argentina, and Argentina took 88 minutes to score a goal. took us a little longer, but absolutely, once you don't score that goal right away or in that first half, all of a sudden your opponent has that confidence. They're thinking, we can do it. We're only down a guy. Let's continue doing what we do. And we might be able to go ahead and capitalize, maybe sneak in a quick goal and, you know, walk away with three points in away territory. Yeah, I definitely think I I, I will comment on the red card, Omar. I, I, I heard your opinion on it. I will, I will say, uh, in my opinion at least, I thought it was a very clear yellow. Uh, definite. I don't know if it, in my opinion at least, I don't. I would not go so far to say it was a, a definite red card. I thought uh, Jacksonville got kind of a, a, a maybe a bit of a raw deal. Anytime a guy is running on goal and and you you've got to resort to such a blatant foul, you're putting yourself in dangerous territory. Obviously, I you know I don't think it's the worst miscarriage of justice in history. Uh, but if I were a Jacksonville fan, I would feel a little bit uh, unfairly treated. Um, but like you said, um, you know, Jacksonville seemed, and I don't, this is maybe damning with faint praise, but they seemed very comfortable bunkering down and trying to just keep anyone from scoring. Uh, it's, it, it's not, certainly not a ringing endorsement of their playing style. Um, but they, what, it, they went down 10 men and they certainly weren't attacking. They didn't have many chances. Uh, but they seemed to do a really good job of kind of cluttering things up, uh, for Miami FC. Yeah, I feel like uh, shortly after the card too. I forget what at what at what minute, but they made a defensive substitution. And I mean, it's kind of interesting because you see we have these two defensive coaches on both sides, where the Armada has Tony Miola from you know legendary American goalkeeper, and then you have Nesta on the other side. So 
tactically, you know, both both of them are very defensive. So I felt like Miola made uh, all the right choices, which also didn't really help for us scoring, although we did make some opportunities. I, I think it's worth mentioning. I, I went back and watched a, a little bit of the game um, after Saturday night, and uh, we, we certainly were very pleased with his contributions uh, last week, uh, the game before. Uh, but Polku, I thought, really did a wonderful job of creation individually. He had some uh, pretty, I thought, uh, remarkable opportunities that he had kind of created out of nothing. It it looked like a dead end, uh, and and I really thought he put his talent on display Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think we've looked at each other a couple times, especially throughout matches, and looked at over at our fearless leader, Dave Brigade, and thought to ourselves, hey, it's a lot of east-west, not, not a lot of north-south. What are we doing? We get within, you know, 25 yards of goal, and all of a sudden that ball is just going lateral, side to side. And it almost kind of makes you wonder, all right, well, nobody's making that final cut. Nobody's making that final run into the 18-yard, into the 6-yard box. But you know what? This game was a little different. We saw a little bit of east-west as well. But guess what? Miami FC had 14 shots. Obviously, playing up a man for pretty much 80 minutes is definitely going to go ahead and help you ring up that many shots but guess what seven of those shots came from inside the box and I think that's something that's rather high for this team that we haven't seen in quite some time yeah I would definitely agree with that uh you know the idea of of in creation of opportunity uh that has been a real difficult uh thing for Miami FC to really uh get its hands on uh in terms of kind of going forward and pressing and creating good opportunities besides getting fouled in the box and taking penalty shots um, Drew, what did you see Saturday night in terms of, uh, the, the attack? I mean, I, I thought it was there pretty much. Uh, we, we had some, you know, the questionable offsides calls, whether they're onsides or offsides, but that game could have easily gone, you know, in a much higher scoring direction. But yeah, Poku, Poku is the man. <laughs> he was definitely, <laughs> you could definitely tell, you know, that he, you know, he came from a higher league at some other point and it seems like. This game, for sure, he's kind of getting his way in and making opportunities. So, you know, he already has a goal for us, so hopefully the, the streak continues. Yeah, absolutely. And just to piggyback off that, I think it's something to uh, to kind of look at. You know what? If we don't get that offsides call, or I'm sorry, if that offsides call isn't made, all of a sudden we see one up and we're looking at roughly the 20th minute or so or inside, just inside the 20th minute. All right, now you're up 1-0 in the 20th minute. Maybe you squeak in a second one before halftime. This game could have been completely different. If either of those two, and there was a controversial offsides call in the second half on the far side of the field from where we normally uh, chant and sing and uh, drink, for lack of better words. But <laughs> at the same time, if that call doesn't get made, you never know. This could easily have been a 5-0 game. I think Armada was helped out a little bit by the referees as well uh, in order to keep it close and keep their confidence up. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the Armada removing the red card, uh, taking that away from it. Uh, I, I think they they kind of got the game they wanted, and, and, and they they got the help they needed. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that as, oh, we got you know, unfairly treated by the referee's goal. You know, the, the offsides calls, I, I've had conversations with a few people about it, and I think one was right and one was wrong, and then someone else says, no, that the one you think is right is wrong, and the one you think is wrong is right. They were real close, and, and we didn't catch the benefit of the doubt on either one. Um, but, you know, that's life. And and I think that 
you know, and, 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 and I said earlier that the Armada really played at what I think is their game. Credit to Miami FC. You know, they made opportunities when you didn't think they had it. And they really, especially as the game went on, which is maybe something we could look back in the past and say, oh, as the game went on, they, they lose their composure a bit or they lose their hold on the game. I thought as the game went on, even though Jacksonville still kind of had this defensive lock that we were trying to pick, we didn't lose we we didn't lose oomph. We didn't lose pace. We didn't lose, you know, hope. The the team kept pressing and I think that really I mean, I think getting that goal at the end was proper repayment. I think that that goal at the end was was appropriate. I think Jacksonville deserved a close game and I think we deserved the goal we got in, in extra time. Drew, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. I mean, whether or not those those calls were offsides or not, I I feel like you know one or you know there may have been a factor of makeup calls in there, but nonetheless, I mean, with seventy five percent possession, it was bound to happen. I'm glad that it did. Came at a great time, you know, stoppage time. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was a thriller. It was a thriller. It made the made the victory that much sweeter. You know, right when you start losing hope in the net going crazy yeah absolutely i mean uh sorry matt there but yeah i guess we can say orlando isn't the only team that loves stoppage time around here (laughs) yeah no kidding and especially uh you know the the previous game had been such a heartbreaker and, and and lord knows we can go down the schedule from the spring season and look at this game and that game and how rough you know how kind of uh unfortunate some of our results have been not to say that we're you know, we're a league-leading team in a, you know a bottom uh, a bottom team's clothing, uh, but there were definitely a couple of games where you could look back and say, "Oh man, what that was unfortunate. That wasn't fair." Uh, you know, this game isn't fair, but you know it, it is what it is. Uh, to have lost the way we did against the Cosmos the week before, uh, it was nice to get a, a little bit of cosmic justice, I guess would be the way to put it, uh, <laughs> and, and at least get some points back out of that. Um, so, uh, let's take a look at, at really the thing that this all boils down to and the most important thing, which is of course the 2016 Coastal Cup. Uh, that's the prize that everyone wants. And it is important to note that Miami FC are currently tied at the top of the table, uh, with the Tampa Bay Rowdies and the Jacksonville Armada with six points. Uh, we are behind the Rowdies on goal differential. The Rowdies are plus one in goal differential. We're at zero along with Jacksonville Armada. And then there is of course one other team mentioned in the table. Uh, you know, hanging down there at the bottom, three points, Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Crickets. Uh, crickets, yes, the old crickets. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we get, they found themselves a new nickname. Uh, there are a lot of games coming up in the Coastal Cup. The next one is July 30th, uh, the Armada and the Strikers. Our next game is the one that we've all been looking for, uh, August 13th, Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Um, if you look at the overall NACL standings, it's nice to not be at the bottom compared to the spring season. Uh, we're currently eighth, but we're we're on four points. Uh, there's a bit of a separation at the top. Um, you know the Cosmos, uh, and Rio OKC doing really a heck of a job with their first four games. Uh, we've only played three. Uh, we got four points out of it. If we keep up that pace, I tell you what, it could be a, a lot more uh, a lot more exciting fall season than it was a spring season. Yeah, I like the the Coastal Cup's been interesting this year because not only us tying for Lauderdale twice, there have been a lot of other draws or just low scoring games between the other Florida teams. So it's keeping a real a real tight pack for now. Um, I just 
can we even call it the Coastal Cup or is it the Florida Cup now? I don't I'm not sure what the proper terminology is for it. I think we win it, we rename it. How does that sound? I like it. I like it. <laughs> and then uh, you know, that's the other part you were saying is the Fort Lauderdale coming game coming up and I think we have a unofficial supporters thing, the county line that we haven't made up yet mainly because we drew each other twice, but I I think there's going to be uh some sort of little side trophy there, so We'll, we'll bring some, home some imaginary hardware. You know, that's going to be good. That'll definitely be a great one. Uh, so, um, any, anything else? Any other general thoughts about the game, Omar or Drew? No, I mean, the game was pretty straightforward. Uh, kind of a snooze fest, for lack of better words. Um, <laughs> definitely seemed a lot like Italy-France in that cup final. I don't want to compare the quality of the performances, <laughs> but guess what? Uh, or, I'm sorry, the quality of the players, but the quality of the performances pretty much the same up until around that 90th minute where you finally realized, you know, hey, there's a sense of urgency here. we got to walk out of here with three points. We're up a guy. What are we doing? Wham, bam. Thank you, man. Put him in the back of the net. I think that's a good way to put it. I like the, the wham, bam. Thank you, man. That's a good, that's a good, uh, I think a good way to wrap up our discussion of the actual gameplay. So let's talk about the, uh, the festivities, the before and after uh, events of uh, our game. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, what the Day Brigade did. Uh, I thought it was a very successful tailgate. I think we had a, uh, you know, not that we've ever really had an unsuccessful one. You know, anytime you show up and drink and have fun, it's pretty successful. So what, but what would be an unsuccessful tailgate? What would happen? Yeah, I think rain and uh, no beer. I think that would be <laughs> the 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 math on that one. But uh, what I did like, and I think uh, it's something that we're going to definitely want to st- continue to do going forward, especially with our, the Florida teams, was the uh, scrimmage, the Section 904 Day Brigade 3v3 scrimmage. How was that, Drew? You, I saw you play a little bit in that. Yeah, I had a, I had a beer in my hand for that game, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. I mean, we were, we were just playing around for a while, uh, just amongst each other at three-on-three. So then uh, our friends over at Section 904 came over who were – gentlemen they were all really nice to us so we gave them some uh, miami brewing company beer and then challenged them to a little three-on-three they beat us but at the same time we had been playing for uh several hours prior to that so it was kind of a unexpected little tournament but it was good times i you know as long as uh supporters come up I'd, I'd like to continue doing that with other teams and maybe we can get it a little organized get get a get our own little coastal cup supporters yeah. group going. <laughs> I like that idea. I will say, uh, going along with what you were just talking about, uh, I know that I uh, had played for maybe about 20 minutes uh, at some point before they arrived and then proceeded to watch the rest of you guys play from a chair because <laughs> I was dead. Uh, it was pretty hot and humid. And I will say, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife, Carrie, who's also a member of the Day Brigade, one of our uh, wonderful Lady Brigade, uh, you know, I was kind of marveling at the fact that I had, I had played in the 3v3 tournament that the team had hosted the week before, and I didn't think I was totally dead at the end of it. I felt like I was more tired at the end of our dumb little scrimmage uh, than, like, this organized tournament, and I realized that we had actually, like, substitutions and, like, organized structure and stay back, and when I was playing uh, at the tailgate, I was just kind of running around like an idiot. <laughs> and uh, at, at, at my size... Uh, running around like an idiot is not a good strategy. It's a good strategy to wind up passed out and in a hospital, uh, but not an actual good uh, playing strategy. Uh, but going back to nine, uh, Section 904, uh, 
you know, I, I've, I haven't had too much experience with the supporters groups coming down because we haven't hosted the Strikers yet. Uh, we did have the Rowdies for our opening home game uh, uh, in the spring season, uh, but they kind of stayed themselves, and, 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 you know, that's fine too. You know, do your own thing. But uh, I thought it was really great to have uh, them over, and they were very, uh, like you said, they were gentlemen and gentlewomen, um, really courteous, and I, it was a really good time. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, the other thing with when uh, Ralph's mob came was their bus was late, so they didn't arrive till like minutes before the game or like an yeah, hour. I think they had the like game. thirty minutes or, or thir- some. Yeah, like you said, within a, within an hour. Yeah, so hopefully next time there won't be as much uh, confusion with them, so they can get out here earlier. But it was a great time. You know, it's it's funny how the stadium security the second we got in kind of was worried about violence, but we literally <laughs> walked in hand-in-hand, hand, like, next to them. This and, like, is a good shook story. hands and then split up. And after we got inside, the stadium security took all our flags away and accused us of, you know, we're going to beat somebody with them. And I was like, we literally just walked in with the opponent's supporters group and we're laughing with them. The same people we're walking in with, you're saying we're going to beat them with wooden poles. <laughs> I, I, if it weren't such a, like, real frustration of our week-to-week lives, um, I would really, like, laugh at it more. But that was really, that was really a moment. Uh, I'm kind of the designated flag organizer for the group, I guess. Uh, I like to kind of keep the flags organized, and I bring them in. And, yeah, we got him yoinked, basically, as we walked in. And we got through actual security, like, at the gate and handed our ticket, which had been a problem before. And then, uh, yeah, they got they got pulled from us because, uh, I believe to quote uh, the security guard, some idiots in the parking lot lit some smoke. And that wasn't course. me this time. Yes, those idiots <laughs> were not us, which has it, – it, we're not denying we've done it in the past, friend. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't us. And and like Drew just said, we literally walked basically right next to uh, Section 904 uh, coming into the stadium. So we kind of were pointing out, you know, if you wanted to do something about this, maybe 10 minutes ago would have been the right time. Uh, but if there was going to be a fight, it would have already happened. And that's, you know, basically unless you're from New York, you don't actually get in fights with supporters groups <laughs> in the United States. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it was, uh, you know, part of the uh, – the wonderful existence of Miami FC at Ocean Bank. Um, but, yeah, so it was uh, – I, I thought it was, a, you know, I, I thought it was a very productive – I think Day Brigade has really hit the ground running in the in the fall season with a couple of good tailgates. We had a good trip up to Fort Lauderdale a couple weeks back. Uh, you know, we got a point out of it. And, 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 and that game, we time. were the idiots with the smoke. Yes, although we got clearance. Yeah, Let yeah. it be known. I asked the we police got... officer, and he said, just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> That one of my favorite things over over our experience uh, uh, with Day Brigade has been that going up to police officer, hey, can we light this smoke off? Yeah, dude, whatever, have fun. He couldn't care um, less. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those so, things that I think with time, um, I think Ocean Bank Stadium and and I guess uh, Miami FC's can can you call them partners in FIU? Would you call them partners? I, I think so. Partners that, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, FIU is hosting my, Miami FC, but Miami FC is, you know, paying. Oh, yeah, we're definitely you know, paying. We're definitely paying. You know, um, we're a tenant, so you, you, absolutely. Know, you expect some tenant rights. I just think it's one of those things where, you know, uh, this is new. This is new to a lot of the stadium staff, and I'm going to kind of defend them here a little bit. They don't know. Uh, I think um, soccer for so long has been a fringe sport, especially in the North America, and now we're seeing it cusp and really explode basically from coast to coast and in almost every community 
Um, so I think it's going to take some time. I think you're going to see probably into next season a little bit of more relaxed atmosphere. I don't think you're going to see people so tight. You know, if you're walking with a wooden stick at any other kind of sporting event, let's say basketball, baseball, uh, hockey, they probably would look at you twice. But soccer, hey, man, that's normal, you know. So uh, I'm going to try to defend stadium staff here just a bit. You know, I, I'm I'm glad you're saying that, Omar, because, you know, we, we, we have had our access to grind. And what's funny about dealing with this issue is that a lot of people that aren't familiar with, like, the ins and outs of stadium operation is that, you know, when we think of the security staff, quote-unquote, it's actually an assortment of different people with different responsibilities. So, you know, Andy Frame Services provides some of the organization and structure, but there are also police there. There's also FIU staff, so... You know, you. I, I remember speaking of smoke. Our first exhibition game at the stadium, uh, we had we had no problems with the police uh, at the stadium. The problems we actually had were with some of the FIU staff, and Andy Frayne was fine. And sometimes the Andy Frayne services people are. And and Omar, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Is that ultimately you're dealing with on an individual by individual basis, and some of the staff members are, are who you're dealing with are super involved and know what's going on and they're very passionate and they want those flags in and they want people cheering. And some people don't know what this team is and they're, they're doing their job. And, uh, it, it, it is a frustration and ultimately it's, it is on us to kind of vocalize what we think should happen and let people know. But yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I, I, I joke with my wife that, you know, I'm not the one to kind of upend the table at the restaurant when something's not going my way. I'm not one to complain and, and, and moan. Um, but, yeah, it, it's I, I think it's a good way to put it that as time goes on, we'll kind of settle into some of our, our, our routines a little bit more. And, you know, we've, you know, Drew, I know you've talked to people around the league and, and uh, you know, this is a I don't I, I don't think this is something that's unique to us. Yeah, no, the uh, I'd say the majority of stadiums it's banned. Most of it's just kind of like parking parking lot activity. But I, I will say the the team itself has done a great job. Uh, I mean, within the second, uh, sorry, the, the fall season doesn't feel like fall outside, but during yeah. the fall season, uh, you know, they, they installed the con- the confetti <laughs> cannons and then you know those fire extinguisher like smoke machines. So. They're they're going the extra extra mile to you know give us some sort of entertainment or excitement in the day brigade section. So we have we have that which was which was newer. So I'd say it's an upgrade. Yeah, and you know, and sorry, go, team, go ahead, Omar. I'll keep going. <laughs> uh, the I'll team just... itself, no, they, they've been really stepping it up this this half season. You know, th- this game we had programs and it had the full rosters and interviews, opponents' rosters. They gave away uh, head scarves. The last game, they give away gave away Miami FC T-shirts to almost everybody there, and so I've seen a lot of return fans with the T-shirts on. So it's looking more and more like an actual soccer, professional soccer team than a college sport. You know, go to the stadium, here's an arepa, enjoy your soda, sit down. Okay, bye. Arepa, that's cute. The way you pronounce that, arepa. No, thank uh, you. And I was going to piggyback. You know what? And and I don't know if the front office is going to listen to this, but you know, our kind of hopes are that they do. Next time, if you're going to have confetti cannons, please do us a solid and don't aim it at the supporters group faces. <laughs> Let's go ahead and blast those bad boys on the field, almost like every other soccer organization in North America. You can put on any channel that's running MLS games. 
at any time and you can see that if there's a goal and there's confetti to be shot it does not hit the supporters group it definitely hits the back of the goal i will say at, at least straight up but i will i will comment on that because i was i i put on a pair and this will sound like it has nothing to do with what we're talking about but but go go with me for a second i put on a pair of shorts today to go out and i put in my wallet my keys and everything and I reached in and I pulled out about five pieces of confetti from my pocket. <laughs> I don't know how they got there because I didn't put confetti in my pocket. Well, I know how it got there, but there's no logical reason. I didn't put it in there on Saturday hoping to carry it around. It got blasted into my pants pocket. Um, so, so the moral I, of the story is that you need to do laundry more. <laughs> fair enough, Drew. Fair enough. Look, yeah, I, I don't – Sometimes I rewear a pair of shoes. I'm sorry. I get you. I get you. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely had a laugh at that today. I'm like, what is that? Oh, God, that's right. It's from the, the Miami FC game. Um, yeah, but I, I Drew, mentioning what you talked about, I, I really did enjoy the uh, the, the program uh, that was given out. Uh, you know, as, as someone who's done some writing in the past, I always like when there's actually written material to take a look at. Uh, the letter written by our fearless leader, Mitchell Torres, uh, that got printed. I thought that was a nice touch. And and like you said, Drew, I think that it, it is a step-by-step approach. It, I think that maybe we as fans, when we think of a, a team, it is fully formed in our head. And it is the finished product, and we know exactly what we would do, and this is what it's going to be. And I think in reality... When you're starting something from scratch, like the front office is doing here, uh, you got to tweak and you got to fix and you got to add and you got to subtract and you got to do some of this and take away some of that. And uh, I, I do think it is very reassuring to see that as we go along, uh, there are steps being taken that it seems it's, it's all going in one direction. It may not be at the speed that everyone wants. It may not be everything that everyone wants at all times. But to look at the product from, say, week to spring season to now, I, I do definitely think there has been an improvement and a focus on the fan experience. Uh, and I think it's incumbent on us as members of the supporters group to keep that, that train rolling forward. But I, I definitely think it's worth, you know, doffing our proverbial caps to the front office and saying, hey, good work on this program. That's fun. Giveaways, they're great. And, you know, I, I remember I have a friend who lives in Orlando uh, who's a big fan of, uh, of course, uh, Orlando City. And he said, and I think it's something that's been borne out and talked about a lot, one of the biggest things to generate support for uh, the team was their car magnet program, where they were just giving them away. Uh, it creates market saturation. It creates awareness where there wasn't. And I, I definitely think that, you know, it, it's something that's uh, uh, maybe penny-foolish pound-wise, the idea that, yeah, it's – you're giving away a T-shirt when maybe you're trying to sell T-shirts for the team, but people are seeing the logo. People are asking questions. Oh, Miami FC, is that the Beckham team? No, it's not. Let me <laughs> no. explain it to you. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Well, maybe yes. Um, Do you want to buy some tickets? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yes, sure. It's soccer. It's Miami. It's the same thing. Uh, but, you know, it creates that brand awareness, which is which is so critical here, especially in so well, – it's critical everywhere but especially in South Florida, to, to have some actual tangible awareness of what the brand is and what it means. Uh, I think those giveaways are going to be really important. And, you know, I considering I'm going to be in virtually every game, it's nice to get some more T-shirts and headscarves and things like that. So I'm all for it. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, you don't, it doesn't have to be something tangible, right? Like it doesn't have to be – well, it should be tangible, I should say, but it doesn't have to be something expensive. 
We're not talking about bobbleheads. We're not talking about making, you know, cardstock player trading cards. You know, we're not talking about offering fans half price pizza at the end of the game, although I'm pretty sure that's a Papa John's thing. That's not necessarily a team thing. <laughs> um, but at the same time, hey, that'd be nice, better than getting a Chick fil A sandwich. But you know what? Hey, beggars can't be choosers. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Again, there needs to be something tangible. There needs to be something that's material, something that people will attract people to the game. And yes, T-shirts and headscarves, those are awesome. That's, those things are fantastic, and those are a good start. But you know what? Mini soccer balls for kids. Where now let's go ahead and talk about, like you said, car magnets. You know, I own Orlando City car magnets. I, I follow Orlando City soccer because for a little while there, guess what? You know, that's the closest he had other than the Fort Lauderdale crickets. <laughs> I own a couple too, but it's just every car I see with one, I make it a point to take one off. Oh, so you're the one who took mine off twice. I see how it is now. Addition by subtraction. That's the Drew Hausman uh, no, method of the Orlando thing. I think that was probably one of the best like sports marketing jobs in the past ten years. Because yeah, out out in Miami, you see a ton of them. You know, you start driving up there, Fort Lauderdale, Boca. You, and then when you get to Orlando, it seems like every other car has one of those purple magnets on the back. So you know, and, and a lot of teams try to emulate it. We get we got some Miami magnets too, but. You know, it's just it's something creative, and you know, magnets cost next to nothing. But we're get we're getting there. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's I don't want Miami FC to just go do magnets because that that's Orlando City's thing. Like that, right, you know, right. They, that's the cover yeah, that territory. So yeah, it's and, and it, it, I mean, look, I will I will put this out in front office right now. I will take a free magnet. I will take a free sticker, t shirt, <laughs> whatever you guys want to give away. Happy to take it. Uh, but in terms of actual marketing, I, I think that, you know, you have to find your own thing. And that's the hard part. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, it's, I'm sure someone went to Orlando City's front office and said, you're giving away the Magnus. Why don't you sell them for five bucks? You could make money. What a stupid thing to do. And then it's this huge jumping off point for marketing. Uh, so, so ultimately, someone's going to have to make a hard decision and say, okay, well, what is our thing going to be? What is our hook going to be? And, you know, that's why someone in Miami FC's front office gets paid that money to do that thing. Um, but in the interim, yeah, like, like Drew mentioned, I think uh, ultimately, uh, I think as a fan, you know, as a supporters group, uh, obviously our, our A number one job is to support the team, but I think it, it is also good to represent fans. And as our fan base grows, I think that's something that we're going to, you know, want to speak out about and, uh, and I think this is a good point. It shows growth and 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 expansion of of what the team wants to do. And I think it'd be nice as well to get the merchandise and get the gear out in local stores. You know, obviously one of the bigger sports chain stores are is closing down nationwide, so they're kind of out of the question, and that might be difficult anyway. But you got to get the brand out there. And I think with the exception of the one store, realistically, that the gear is at, and all that they have are jerseys anyway. That are even tighter than Puma jerseys. So big guys <laughs> like me, guess what, man? It ain't working for you. Um, I think you need to, you know, like you said, saturate that market. Get that logo out there. Either put it on T-shirts, put it on towels, put it on, you know, shorts, uh, warm-up shirts, whatever it is. But you got to get it out there. It's not enough just to have it on a website. It's not enough just to have it at the stadium. You got to make sure it's at every soccer store in South Florida. And you know what? If you need to eat a little bit back on the kickback or a little bit back on the commission, you got to do it because this is the way that you're going to make this team survive going forward. 
I will uh, say one thing because you mentioned it, Omar, and again, I will hijack our conversation for a moment to put a direct appeal out to Macron. Um, you gotta get, you gotta move like your three XL down to a two XL, man. I maybe a European three XL, but I like I tried on a double XL in Soccer Locker two days ago, and it looked like it was form fitted to me. And <laughs> I'm big. I'm not that big. It's not fair. Okay. I'm putting it out there, Macron. Send it over. Translate me to Italy. Whatever needs to be done, <laughs> we need to fix that because I it, it's hurting my my self esteem. And uh, we got we got to get some big guy sizes. They're going to tell uh, you to lay off the lasagna. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, and and my response is make less delicious food. That's my ultimate <laughs> response. I'm 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 calling you out, Italy. You have been called out. Fix it. Fix your food and make it less good, so I don't eat as much, and then I can fit into your jerseys. Uh, Drew, Skinny Mini, do you have any comments that you'd like to put out to any other countries around the world? The only normal uh, size person on the podcast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do wear an Adidas medium, and I have a large Miami FC jersey, and it's quite tight on. Like, that's absurd. Come on. Like, that's a joke. <laughs> Drew Hausman is not a large, and I, I, I'm not going to be – I'm going to come out and say it, okay? I'm brave enough to say it. I'm putting myself out on the line. Drew Hausman's is not a large. Fix it. Um, so now that we're done with, uh, randomly attacking European countries for their Jersey sizes, um, I, I think we wanted to wrap, uh, wrap up a bit. I do want to discuss some other exciting South Florida soccer news because we don't want to focus exclusively on Miami FC, although that is obviously our big focus. Uh, I, I think Drew will definitely want to echo this, but a big congratulations out to Miami United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have advanced to the next round of uh, the NPSL uh, championships. They're heading to Chattanooga. Um, they're going to face the Chattahooligans up in Tennessee. Um, that's really exciting. It's re- I, you know, I, I, I got a conversation uh, with someone who was advocating for the MLS team in Miami maybe about a year ago, uh, and they were like, why are you supporting Miami FC? Don't you want an MLS team? And, and my general opinion of it is, yes, I do, and I want an NASL team. And I want an NPSL team, and I want them to win everything. Because why can't we just win everything? Uh, and so I, uh, I greatly appreciate uh, my, uh, Miami United doing a heck of a job representing Miami-Dade County and uh, hopefully pressing on and getting a title. It always yeah, feels like every year they're in the thick of things, aren't they? Even, time, you know, even before What's Miami the... FC came together. Go ahead. I was going to say it was the, the fusion that won last year, but Miami United. No, you're right. absolutely yeah, you're absolutely right, but it, it always seems like, you know, especially in that fourth, fifth division where sometimes they're kind of interchangeable, especially for those people who don't really follow hardcore United States pyramid soccer. Um, you know, yeah, it always seems like Miami United is, is, is in the thick of things. I remember, like you said, two years ago, I think they went all the way to the championship game. But if not so, they, they won the game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's a fun team to watch. It's a cheap draw if you have 5 $7.00. Uh, they're based out of Hialeah. Definitely go out and catch a game. Um, you know, support the local soccer. These guys are semi-pro for the most part. And, I mean, you know what? They have some great chemistry, man. It's hard. it's really fun to watch. What was great, too, is uh, at the tailgate, actually, the uh, the Jacksonville owner came out there, and then he started talking about the NPSL. And he was asking me, he was like, oh, do you, do you know the Miami team? And I was like, oh, yeah, Miami United. And he was basically saying because – I believe his t- team is uh, the Jacksonville under-23 is a purely amateur team. 
and he was just yes. saying how how ridiculous they are, like in comparison to the Miami team, how much they stand out. It it is a pro am team, but you know, they they smoke that league. Yeah, you yeah. There's. I was going to say, I think you definitely wonder whether or not it might be in Miami United's best interest to maybe make the jump to USL Pro, and now we have two teams that are then technically professional, quote, quote, air quote, um, you know, in South Florida, and I, I definitely, or three, if you, again, Fort Lauderdale Crickets, um, you know, it would definitely be interesting to see if Miami United would eventually make that jump over to USL Pro. I think it would definitely be an attractive draw down here as well, and, and uh, and it'd be good for South Florida soccer. Uh, you know, I will tell you that we went, uh, we had a bit of a day brigade excursion last month uh, yes, to did. catch to <laughs> catch Miami <laughs> to catch Miami United play the Strikers under twenty three. And and now, in fairness to the Strikers, which I will rarely say, uh, but in fairness to the the under twenty three team, it was their first game as a team, uh, but they got taken apart. Yeah, and um, it was it was it was thorough, 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 and um, and really when you watch Miami United and, and and in my opinion they drew a pretty solid crowd out to Ted Hendricks, you know, on a Saturday night for a fourth division team. Uh, it was a solid crowd, and and it's a good team. It's a really solid team, uh, and and actually uh, Miami FC played them in an exhibition, and it was. It was not a pushover, uh, and you know they've got solid players. And I tell you what, I would not be surprised if you know you know Rambo and Nacho and the rest of the guys wind up going up to Tennessee and pulling out a win because they've got real. You know they will they can counter on you like nobody's business, and um, and yeah, it's really exciting. Like, like I said, a, you know a couple seconds ago, um, I want Miami to win everything. I want South Florida, our county, to take everything there is. You know and and. They do a really good job. They have, they seem to have a really well run organization over there that puts out a winner. And ultimately, you know, we we've talked about this sometimes to our frustration, but it's an undeniable fact. You know, you want attention in Miami, you put out a winner, you're going to get it. It's undeniable. Any team that's going to have solid performances and can put strings of performances back to back to back, you're going to see a boost in attendance. You're going to see a boost in interest. You know it. For those of you who don't watch hockey, and I'm a resident hockey guy for me, playing playing hockey all my life, and I don't mean to put you to sleep. But guess what? When the Panthers won on that little mini run last season, they won, I believe it was 12 or 13 straight games. All of a sudden, it's hard to find a seat in the house. And you know what? If Miami FC can do the same, if Miami United can do the same, maybe make that jump to USL Pro, we're going to be seeing a lot more soccer conversations in South Florida, and it will not just be dominated by... Oh, the Dolphins. Oh, the Marlins. Oh, the Heat, etc. Omar, how excited are you for the offseason the Panthers had, buddy? I'm excited, man. It should be fun. Uh, but like I said, you know, we'll see what happens, man. I don't want to make this a hockey podcast because then definitely nobody's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know you're tempted. Uh, we'll, we'll leave that for another day. Um, I, I think it's about time to wrap up. I think we've covered everything we need to cover so far. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? Drew? I was just going to say, this Friday, Miami plays Carolina. It's the Railhawks, so we're all going to be at Fritz and Franz for that, so come join the Dade Brigade. It should be interesting. The Railhawks had a strong first half, kind of faded out, but then got the win against West Ham. I believe it was West Ham, right? Yeah, they yes. did play West yeah. Ham. Yeah, so it should be an interesting game. You know, Hopefully we get one on the road and can get this uh, fall season back together. Yeah, absolutely. Before we do sign off and 
and give Matt the final word. I think it's absolutely imperative that we try to go ahead and at least get a point out of this. It's an away game. It's up in Carolina. You know, I'm not sure if the team is flying. Hopefully they're flying because it's a long bus ride. But, uh, you know, not to be said, let's go ahead and grab a point. Day Brigade will be out loud and in charge over at Fritz and Friends in Coral Gables. If you guys have not heard of it or have not been, come out and join us. Join Day Brigade. You know, definitely come out and have a beer with us and have a schnitzel with us as a our buddy who owns the restaurant would say. Um, and, and definitely, you know, be prepared for, for an exciting time. It's going to be a fun game. It's on CBS Sports Network for those of you who can't make it. So it is widely available if you do have cable. This is not an ESPN3 game. This is going to be a cable television game. So please make sure that if you cannot make it to Fritz and Friends, turn it on TV, download the CBS Sports app if you need to on your phone, and make sure that you watch the game. Give the boys some support. And if you're a fan of soccer and you don't know Fritz and Franz in, in Miami, then what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> you're really missing out. Uh, the pretzel is hot fire, and I mean that literally because the mustard is very spicy. Um, but it is very good as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll do it. Um, so this, is, uh, this has been good, guys. We'll, we'll talk again next week, hopefully after another Miami FC victory. Uh, Omar, thank you for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Drew, thank you, sir. Later, gentlemen. And I have been Matthew Bunch. Thank you so much for listening to Magic City Soccer. We'll talk to you next time. And until then, go Miami FC and go Miami Soccer. Have a great one.